Hi, today is June 13, 2021. Welcome to the Game Podcast, the official podcast of Game.com. I'm your host, Junie, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. My stock positions in the video. Thanks. Priorities, man. Um, this week uh, was not a good week. Neither was last last week, to, to be honest. Um, but I'm still alive. I still got both my arms, both my legs, all three of my parents. Uh, and you know, that's all, that's all, that's all that matters to me really at the end of the day. Um, in a good place to be thankful. Um, but also in a place where I'm learning and just, um, putting real emphasis on family as of like this year. You know, some, some of you might think like, oh, you know, you have family over everything always. And, uh, I definitely used to think that way. Some of that opinion has changed, but some of my old opinion is also coming back. So just continuing to learn and be positive and, um, yeah, continuing on to just record these episodes. We're on episode 100. That is insane. Um, you know, a lot of my, um, not followers, but a lot of my uh, listeners right now have started listening since, um, episode one. Uh, there's a I have a very high retention rate. Uh, I don't grow fast, but you know people that do end up listening tend to listen for a pretty long time. So thankful for everyone that's you know given the podcast a listen since the beginning. Um, many more episodes to go, many more years to share trades with, and I'm just in a very grateful spot right now. Uh, to kick us off uh, on today's episode, episode 100, um, I want to go ahead and read an email from one of my, I consider Zach a friend, uh, <laughs> uh, one of the listeners of the podcast and users of the website um, send, sends me emails uh, just with bugs, especially, especially with bugs. Zach is like one of the people that like I make examples of when it comes to like uh, hey, if you want to send a bug report about the website or anything in general, like send me screenshots like Zach. So I'll, I'll like model a lot of things from Zach. So thank you for always just being vocal about these things. Um, but speaking of vocal, he sent me an email last week, which I think a lot of people can relate to. And so uh, just a reminder, you know, like some of the things that I say on the podcast could go one go in one year and out the other uh, without much thinking but it's not until you get got or something that you see beyond that where you think like oh okay so when Junie repeats this for like the thousandth time I can see why he chooses to repeat it for the thousandth time because it doesn't really apply to anybody unless if they've already gotten got or they can observe that they would have gotten got which is this case so let me read this email. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the pause button in recording because I know I'm going to fumble my words. I want to be able to read this email clearly. The email writes, Hi, Junie. I just wanted to tell you that I really needed to hear episode 99 this week. You prevented me from making a terrible mistake. This morning, I almost opened a 30 Delta Iron Condor in GameStop expiring at the end of the week in an attempt to capture the IV crush. I almost did it even though I knew I shouldn't do it. So in order to keep myself grounded, I reached for my phone, opened Spotify, and listened to episode 99 of your podcast. After listening to your podcast episode, I was able to make the right decision. It's so frustrating because I've been watching option sellers make thousands of dollars a week selling options on these ultra-volatile stocks all year. 
especially when I feel like I know more about options trading than other than the traders who take crazy amounts of leverage to short puts or calls and just happen to end up on the right side over of the trade over and over again. I've been fighting this internal battle for the past seven days, trying to convince myself not to sell premium and not to try to play IV Crush after GameStop earnings on the 9th of June, or any other Reddit stocks for that matter. The premiums look so good on GameStop, and it would be so nice to scoop up 2K premium by the end of the week. I just have to keep reminding myself of how devastated I would be if I lost 2 to 3K on an iron condor if GameStop makes a big move in either direction. A post-earnings IV crush doesn't mean jack if both of both legs of your spread are already all the way in the money by 9.30 a.m. the morning after earnings are released. I believe there are a lot of traders like me who trade responsibly 99% of the time and have a really difficult time 1% of the time when we encounter market conditions like what we are experiencing this week. It can be so difficult to stay informed of market conditions without getting sucked into all the noise. For traders like me, your podcast acts as a lifeline to pull us out when we start to get in over our head. So thank you, and please keep doing what you're doing because you are helping a lot of people. Zach. Wow. It's just like there's so much to unpack there. And I hope that you know when you're listening, listening to me read this email that there's a good majority of you that are like, wow, yeah, I've definitely thought about this. Or, yeah, I've already did, done that, and I've already gotten got, and I'm beyond that now. Or, you know, if you are in the handful of people that this hasn't happened to yet, you, this is going to happen. As you start encountering, or not encountering, but as as you learn more and more about options, and this is, I guess, targeted to, like, the newer people that are listening to this um, episode, welcome. If this is your first episode on episode 100, congrats. I think today's episode is going to be pretty good. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, as you learn more and more about options and you learn more and more about the leverage you can take and, you know, these tricks that you can do like rolling trades or, you know, selling additional calls or puts to help your losing position, like all of these things um, seem like tools at first, but really like if you don't understand how to use the tools, you're going to get got super fast. There's no such thing as free money and I'm absolutely just I'm just super happy that you didn't act on on this play now some of you might also be like wow you know Junie why are you commending this person for not trading isn't isn't trading like the the first thing that you should do get got or not like it's one of the things that you should just do and learn for yourself and you don't have to lose money to learn and you know the way that Zach talks um, in the email, it demonstrates that he's been trading a long time. You don't just give all that like backstory of just like, oh, this is a nice amount of premium. This is the amount of delta that I was going to get. Um, the IV crush up until 930. Like this is all stuff that you can definitely tell that uh, he knows what he's doing. And, you know, some of you might think, well, I would argue that you don't know what you're doing if you're contemplating on selling an iron condor during earnings. And that's simply not the case. Earnings are a great time to open condors if you're just that type of trader. Now, Zach said something that is very, you know, eye-opening. And it's, you know, he would he thinks that a majority of people trade responsibly 99% of the time. And it's this 1% of the time where... You, and earnings comes around that you start to think of like ways to optimize your bet 
an iron condor, you know, first day of theta gang trades seems like the golden staple, right? Like, oh yeah, I get to make money on both sides, but that's just not the case that happens the majority of the time. I've opened up earnings condors at thetagang.com slash uni. I've done iron condors before theta gang even existed, right? And you know, most of the time it didn't work out. I found that earning or not even just earnings iron condors, just iron condors in general. Like I don't like having um, you know, having a red day on a green day. I don't like making um, less money when it, the stock goes up. That's totally not what I'm about. If if there's exposure to the upside where I start to lose money, aka the call credit spread in an iron condor when the price starts going up, I don't like those plays because I have this very strong fundamental thesis of that the stock market just generally goes up. And I can prove that if you go to Google, you go to SPY, and you go to the all-time graph, where does SPY usually go? It usually goes up. So you're playing with fire by betting and capping on the upside. But let me digress. Really cool that you were able to take a pause. And even if you didn't listen to my podcast, maybe you listened to someone else's podcast, maybe you watched some like responsible trading videos, maybe you, you decide to, like before you go in on this play and you open up this Iron Coin, or you decide to read another chapter in the trading book that you got, it doesn't matter that, you, that uh, Zach listened to the podcast. I'm just happy that you took a moment to pause, reflect, and think because a lot of people don't do that. And it, it's just like even more... Of a sub percentage of people that know how to trade that get into this one percent time of like okay this is the optimal amount of premium i know my stuff and this seems like a good deal but then taking a pause after that is something else to be to commend because i trade nvidia pretty heavily i know where where i'm safe on nvidia i know where i lose on nvidia but i also know where i make my gains on nvidia i am really really good at you know, yeah I, I guess i'm really good i think i do i think i do a little bit above average trading nvidia and i've just always traded nvidia f like since like last year and it's been really 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 fruitful but it's one thing to say like, okay, I'm about to make um, a play where I think NVIDIA's is gonna crush earnings this quarter because graphics cards are sold out. So you know what, I'm gonna sell 10 cash secured puts because there's no way that we go down. We go, maybe we go down a little bit where that's where I profit. Maybe we trade flat, that's where I profit. And if we go up, that's where I make lots of profit. But I don't do those types of trades because that 1% of the time will would destroy me. Right, like I don't want to ever feel like I'm stuck in a position. I don't want to ever have to make the decision where I have to uh, liquidate for a loss because I need capital for another position. And so no matter how comfortable you are with your system, there's going to be those times that 1% of the time, as Zach puts it, that you're going to venture off and try something new. And then if you try something new, you know, there's just something baked into the human race, I think, where like you try something new and you want to fully send it because you're there's this part of you that's super excited. Maybe it's also fueled by a little bit of FOMO. And you on that 1% of the time where you take risk, you take a lot of risk. Imagine, you know, um, you have you have a good amount of gains this year, right? Uh, on a 150, 140K portfolio, I'm up 
personally uh, 25k to date right now. Monday open at 6:30 Pacific time. I am 25k up. If I wanted to, I can say like, oh, you know, I'm already up. Uh, I'm already uh, 25k ahead. I can use two thousand dollars to buy a call for GameStop. What's what's the point? Or you know, what's the risk? I'm just playing with my my house money, but. That's the type of mentality that you need to have if you want to buy that nice house, right? My goal, you know, for this like last year has been trade as the best I can with the with the goal in mind of having a really nice house and not blowing up. So I can talk all the talk I want. I could trigger as many people I want on Twitter and they can't say anything because I'm up on my portfolio and they got no proof that they got they're not up, right? Like that's that's all I want. I want to be able to trigger people. I want to be able to tweet what I want. I want to be able to teach people all with a good example of what it's like to responsibly trade. And, you know, that 1% of the time still, it still grazes by me. I still think like, oh, you know what? Tesla is at the $600 support. Um, you know, what What if, what it would be like if I just sold the 600 cash secure put, you know, if I get assigned at maybe like the 580 strike price, is that a decent support? These things were like, I've, in my history, I don't have a good trading record with Tesla. I know that because betagame.com slash Juni, control F for Tesla, and then boom, you I have all my trades there. And it's like, that type of mentality, it still gets to me. I still want to open a cash secure put on Tesla. But I know that I just fundamentally don't like Tesla like I like or love NVIDIA. So I don't know what I was trying to meet or was trying to say for like the last, I guess, like three three minutes. But if, if it means anything, Zach, I still have a really difficult time during the 1% too. But just taking a step back and realizing like, yo, I'm trying to buy a house. I want a nice house. I want a big driveway. I want to teach my daughters and potentially a son. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have three daughters, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to teach my daughters how to ride a bike in a nice big driveway, or a nice backyard. And I can't be doing that if uh, I buy calls on GameStop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I I laugh too maniacally. I I feel like I was gonna get reported, so I cut that bit out. Um, <laughs> uh, so thank you, Zach, for sending in that email. Uh, I hope a lot of people can resonate or, you know, relate uh, to what you've said. I know I can. Uh, and if there, if it means anything, we're about to talk about what earnings are coming up this week. So if anybody, you know, wants to just take a moment and just think about what we just talked about or what I just lectured you on, basically, uh, before playing earnings, that'd be cool. But remember, earnings are fun, but they are dangerous. Play them if you want to. They shouldn't be in, in any part of a system, um, but they are fun. Keep it that way. All right. Uh, very, very, and I'm talking very light week for earnings. Um, only notable earnings I see uh, is after close on Tuesday, you have Oracle and H&R Block. Um, and then after close on Thursday, you have Adobe. Uh and you know what? I'm not going to even skip over this just because it's so light. Before open on Thursday, you also have Kroger. Wow. Um, something to note here. Let's just look at what Adobe is trading at. Holy moly. NVIDIA is trading at $541. When did this happen? 
I remember trading Adobe when it was like 200 bucks. That is insane. Let me see. When when was it last 200 bucks? Wow, yeah. Th this 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 makes sense. It was like 3 years ago. <laughs> I traded Adobe in 2018, yeah, in the 200 price range. That's insane. Um and it looks like uh during the COVID crash, Adobe also dipped but ran super high. You know, the the oogla boogla in me is thinking that people just learned to be more creative and maybe downloaded Adobe during, you know, the super lockdown of quarantine, stuck at home learning a new skill. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people started adventuring with their more artistic side, active side, just working from home, which is a, overall a good thing for humanity. I think people taking a break and learning like that work isn't your life. While it can fuel a lot of cool things in your life, that work is not everything. And, you know, I'm also I'm also learning that slowly but surely. Um, but yeah, thanks for taking that memory lane with me, going down memory lane with me, learning that Adobe is now at $541. I used to trade this around 200 That's insane. Okay, next section. Smash through this section real quick. Uh, on ThetaGain.com, you can now have bios or biographies, and that you can just leave a little tidbit of how you trade, or you can leave a dad joke, or you can leave a regular joke. You can leave anything, uh, as long as you play nice, you'll be fine. Um, you know, try not to cuss or try not to. You know, please just keep it PG thirteen. Imagine if your kids were using the website too. You know, all that, all that good jazz that keeps ThetaGain. Uh, family friendly like this podcast um but yeah um also uh what what happened this week yeah it was it was actually insane uh so on friday datagang.com had its like very first like really big outage and i never thought that it would be caused by what actually caused it um just a very brief short synopsis so i don't bore the non-tech people listening to this Basically, I use a SaaS provider or software as a service provider for my database. Uh, and there was this bug where if you went into the SaaS platform, uh, that it would scan the database just to see what the slow queries are or you know any, any health monitoring issues of the database that I'd be particularly interested in. However, this bug with the software as a service provider with my database, right? Lots of buzzwords, but that, you know that's why I'm smashing through this because it's probably getting boring. Uh, it would, if you went to the platform, looked inside a specific tab, it would query the database uh, too often, and it would take up all the connection slots, thus booting off uh, the website and the server, and thus making people see empty datagang.com. That has now since been fixed. I sent a very strongly worded letter and we are back online. And uh, yeah, that that was just an amazing amount of work that was put in to just find out that it wasn't actually like my fault. And, you know, bittersweet. I've, I've learned, you know, 
a lot more about database connection pooling and just this rabbit hole that I didn't necessarily need to go down to or go down. Um, but thankful that the website's back online and, and uh, yeah, just really, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. But, you know, I'll vent at the end of the episode. I'm not going to vent here. Uh, let's get to the next section. Okay, uh, today's episode is brought to you by the patrons in Discord. We have this really neat channel um, for podcast topics, and I thought this was a really good topic for me to just like kind of kick back and just sort of talk about some of my past history with introducing friends and family to Theta Gang. And, you know, there's no set way in introducing things, and of course, like, you know, Everybody is different. Your dynamic with your friends is different from my dynamic with my friends. Um, my family is different from your family. So take everything with a grain of salt. This is just me talking about like what I've gone through when teaching people or you know helping people with options and stuff. And hopefully you can take some of these ideas and apply it to to your situation. And if you can't you know find any similarities, then no worries. This is just a little bit of history into like. Oh, you know, because I get that question all the time and think of people asking like, oh, do all of your friends trade data gang style? Um, you know, it must be a really nice just having someone that's really knowledgeable about the topic that they can ask questions to. Um, and just just a short answer is like, no, like most of my friends, um, if they do options, they actually don't do data gang style trades. They do other styles, but we'll get into that. So the uh, first story that I want to bring up um, that I think is a good starting, you know, uh, good starting story or a good intro. <laughs> the things that you say when you're re getting recorded on a microphone is insane, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. We're going to keep this in. We're, we're doing it live. We're doing it live. Um, shout out to Mike. I've shouted out Mike several times in the history of these 100 episodes of the podcast, um, but you know, Mike is one of the people, Mike is the first person that I've taught dating strategies to. Um, and it worked out really well because although he's not so much on the dating, uh, he's not, he doesn't trade dating style that I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it like that. I would definitely give props to him for understanding where dating wins and then using that to leverage his own trading style and understanding where his max loss and max profits are because once you learn your max profits and max losses with options uh, through theta gang I think that really sets you up for success when you start buying options because then you start realizing like oh you know the reason why you buy a call is because it costs less money than to say sell a cash secured put however because you pay less it has more of a chance to lose and learning all of this stuff in a short time frame is very hard. And I give Mike a lot of props for, you know, understanding my attempt at teaching him. So um, a little bit of backstory on that is I had recorded maybe like 20 something episodes of the Theta Game podcast. 
and um, I guess there are like a few trading groups in Orange County where you know they meet on a Discord or they might um, meet on some subreddit or something. But I still need to I still need to get clarification actually. But um, Mike was um, told about my podcast um, and he heard my voice and me and Mike have already met before through my friend Brandon. Um, but Mike would listen to the podcast and he thought, oh, this voice sounds familiar. So he hits up Brandon and asks, hey, does Austin, that's my first name. He asks, hey, does Austin have a podcast and does he go by Junie? And then so, and then Brandon said, yeah. And then so, um, you know, Brandon tells me that Mike listened to my podcast. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Cause this was all organic, right? I don't advertise my podcast. I don't do any of that stuff. So just having a friend um, that I've met before find out about the podcast I didn't tell him about because I honestly I keep my podcast and I keep dating like low-key um, like I don't tell too many people about it um, it's usually just found out through you know people making jokes about it and stuff you know you know how friends roast you and it's like it, it's a good time it's a good time um, but yeah so Mike finding out about it uh, he reaches out to me um, and we start you know talking about options and stuff um, and I'm just uh, talking about calls and puts and I'm starting to bring up like Max Lawson and stuff. He's like, you know, let's meet for a cup of coffee on me. Uh, and, um, uh, let, let's, uh, can you teach me a little bit more? And I was like, yeah, I'm super down. And so we meet at black dot coffee. That's B L K dot D O T coffee at, um, Tustin, California, and the in in that little center plaza thing so if you want to see where theta game was like built um because that's where also where i coded so it was just very easy for me to meet him meet him up there and then just like talk and teach him about options um and we go there we stay there for like three hours and i'm telling him like okay this is you know why you would do a cash secure put over a call this is why you do a call over a cash secure put uh, and then we do like little quizzes and stuff where I'd, I'd ask him like, okay, so if um, implied volatility is high, what does that mean for the call, the cash secured put seller? Or, you know, if, if the, uh, what's the max loss of this spread? How much can you actually lose? And how much premium will you receive? Um, and if you receive this much premium, what does it mean to close, right? Like if you close this contract or, or if you close this spread, are you closing one contract? Are you closing two? If you have multiple quantities, what do you multiply it by? Like it's all these like very fundamental things that we just kind of like asked each other back and forth. And it was just, it was really helpful. And um, something to note is when you understand where you win and when you understand where you lose, that is where you become the house because you are now in full control of what you can do. A lot of people get introduced to options in general. I'm, I'm going beyond just like dating. People get introduced to options usually through someone winning huge. Like, you know, someone bought 100 calls on something. It's like, oh, this is how I turned $3,000 into 100K, you know? And people would start looking at like, okay, when do I start buying calls? And then people would start talking about like lower applied volatility and uh, environments or you know you buy calls during earnings for big profits the next day you you know there's like a lot of information that you get slammed with in the beginning that might not be relevant to a long and lucrative strategy that can work 
um, over a period of time. Where if you start out by asking, you know, where do I lose? Where do I win? Uh, how does a spread work? And then when you understand why you're taking this smaller capital bet instead of this larger capital bet where you have a higher percentage chance of uh, winning, that's when you start becoming this really good um, swing trader, call buyer, put buyer, like whatever you whatever you want to do in terms of like being on the long side instead of the short side, like day game, right? Um, understanding how you win and why you're taking this riskier position is super critical. And I think that's what Mike did best is, although he doesn't trade day gang strategies now, he definitely learned his fundamentals early that enables him to trade like he does now, which is, you know, he's, he's very much with the, you know, on the support and resistance train. Um, he looks at indicators and goes in for, you know, a period of time where he might buy three months out, six months out, he might buy leaps on a company that he believes is undervalued. Like all this core fundamental stuff that, you know, a typical person that learns about options wouldn't do. So taking a step back, Mike, I think, really, you know, absorbed the knowledge well. And even though, you know, you I introduced Theta Gang type of strategies to him in the beginning, he definitely used it um, at his own advantage to develop his other trading style of uh, being long on options. And that, you know, probably saved him a few times of understanding how he loses, when he loses, but also when he wins. Now, there's this other subgroup of friends that I've taught Theta Gain strategies to that kind of go the other way, where you teach them about, you know, selling a cash secured put on, say, like Apple or AMD. You put up like 10 or 8K to make $100 on the play or $200 on the play, like weekly. And there's a subgroup subgroup of that subgroup um, where a couple of them will start by selling cash secured puts on Apple great you know it's very safe you get to learn how options pricing works and you know 50% triggers all that fun stuff but you start bringing in these other concepts or other big news events like you know GameStop, BlackBerry, AMC and you see other people making big money being on the other side of the trade it warps your mind of like what kind of successes that you've had before and you know it's the it's the FOMO right it's when you teach things to people people will always want the you know, fastest way to success. Hence, learning. You don't want to learn things that are going to take you longer to, say, learn the skill that you want to learn if there's a faster way. Now, that faster way of, like, you know, making money, in this example, uh, can be, can have a lot of risk, right? I mean, there are genuinely better ways to learn how to skateboard than other ways. That's just my opinion. And there are good, good and better ways of learning options than just like going on Wall Street bets. But you start looking at, you know, learning the fundamentals first and going slowly that, you know, then you'll be able to make some really good informed decisions. But as you're learning through this like really, really safe, responsible way of, you know, selling cash secure puts on Apple and all that, all that kind of semi boring stuff, you see, you know, people on Reddit or, you know, some people on your IG story making like a few thousand dollars on some really risky bet on GameStop or AMC and all this squeeze stuff, right? 
Now, that's where the deviation starts to happen, is that they know Theta Gang to, you know, not to the T, but they know Theta Gang enough and what that entails. But they'll still choose to do AMC or AM, uh, or um, you know, BlackBerry or GameStop because not only is it more fun, right? It makes your heart race, um, and but there's also a chance for more profit, right? You don't have a max profit when you buy naked calls on a shorted company, uh, but you do have a max profit when you sell cash secure put on anything. Um, and there's this subgroup of friends that, um, you know, is definitely the fun group. And I'm all about that. And that's, you know, that's something that I've learned um, just this, like, over the last, like, you know, maybe year and a half is, like, some people just invest, invest or trade for fun. And that's totally cool. If you are saying that, you know, you do this for fun, um, it, that, that's, that's it. I can't even talk to that point anymore. It's just, like, if you're doing this for fun, great. And that's why I say earnings are fun but dangerous. It's, like, I, I, I empathize with that. I understand that it's fun. So you should do it if you think it's fun. Keep it fun, though. Uh, and if you notice you're losing too much money, that there's a reason why and that you should dial back the fun. Um, but that's, that's, that's how most um, people that ask... Um, you know my help with options goes is like I teach them theta gang stuff and uh, they do it for like a little bit maybe like two weeks and then they deviate into Wall Street bets type of trading um, and that's that's the end of it they they end up losing they I don't want to say that all of them end up losing because I honestly don't know if they all end up losing but they definitely make a good amount of money but they lose a lot of money um, and you know, after you start making that type of money and after you start losing that type of money, then suddenly selling this cash secure put on Apple that gives you like a hundred or 200 bucks is nothing. And so they don't even entertain that route anymore, which is a little sad to think like, oh, Hey, this person was making a decent, you know, side 600 bucks per month from cash secure puts is still, I consider that side income. Like it's pretty good for the amount of effort that you have to do to put in to do that pretty good um but you get you get what i'm saying though it's like after people start learning the wall street bets type of stuff and they start moving like thousands of thousands of dollars like they bet three thousand dollars they lose one thousand dollars on their next play they win two thousand dollars so they're up one thousand dollars and then they bet that and then they lose five hundred dollars whatever and then they will go on the next bet and they gain three thousand more dollars so then they're up forty five hundred dollars and then they bet the forty five hundred dollars that they're ahead on some play that they thought that would work but then they end up losing that and they're they're back to where they started you can understand that after moving all the all these thousands of dollars that suddenly 100 200 dollars starts to not make sense it's like you know they start thinking like oh i you know the only way you start making money in the stock market really is just winning big on options and as long as you can stay afloat you can just trade and this is where you know reloading the portfolio starts coming in um but i digress um trading is you know it's up to the person doing it uh to you know make sure that they understand what why they are trading it's if it's for fun cool keep it fun if it if you honestly want to start trading to say retire earlier 
if it's like goal oriented, if you want to own a house um, or speed up owning a house, I'm not saying that you need to trade to own a house. It just definitely speeds it up if you're good enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, introducing people to dating in the right way is important, right? Like I can imagine someone talking about like, uh, after a flat earnings saying like, oh, uh, call sellers here from Theta Gang would have would have owned or would have like totally um, done really well right in this in this earnings, and then people that have never heard about selling a call or writing a call start looking that up, and then they just write naked calls on a company that eventually moons that didn't turn out too well right, so it's the context in which you like talk it's the context in the very first lesson that you bring up. To thinking that really helps and i think the main example that i've always done and i've said i if you, i've even talked on this podcast is just using apple as an example from the beginning because that's you know it's gonna give you like at least 100 bucks or 200 bucks so it's like kind of enticing to someone that's new um and it's like relatively stable as a stock it pays a dividend if you get assigned it's like a lot of good reasons to own apple um yeah some people are like saying oh but you know they should sell the spreads on the tesla and stuff uh uh you know because it has lots of iv and lots of things to scalp xd um that's also just kind of dangerous right like if you start introducing people to spreads early then uh not only is it complex right spreads move in directions all over the place uh uh, during times of volatility uh, it's a little bit more to talk about. I talked about it with Mike, but uh, and he's again done really well. But the best thing to bring up, I think, for a new personal learning thinking, if you wanted to go down that route, is just doing a example with them where you show them, uh, hey, you can sell a put on Apple, and if Apple dips down to this amount, you have to buy it at this amount. However, if it stays above this amount at any time by expiration, you keep your premium that you got paid. And people think like, oh, promising to buy something, like you get paid for that, and that kind of like, you know, lights lights up some excitement in their eyes and stuff. Um, but really, like, you know, as, as much as I have this podcast, I have uh, a stream, I love talking about this, I feel like I can talk about it pretty well. Understand that even Junie has friends and family that um, you know chooses not to trade dating style way um, or uh, you know I think I think that's that is that like even I have friends and family that don't trade this type of style even though like I uh, prove that it can work and all that stuff because people just have different preferences like a lot of people don't like to play the slow game um you know people want um big gains big losses in the hopes of bigger gains right and some people like dividend trading like dividend trading dividend 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 (laughs) trading like uh my dad um and you can't change people's ways people need to want to change and you can just be there to like guide them if they want but uh, yeah, you can't force people what to do, all that, all that good jazz that makes you know, uh, like humanity so good. 
It's like not forcing people to do things that they don't want to do. Um, hmm. What else is there? Yeah, I think setting a good example for them. Um, of course, if you're going to introduce anybody to any style of trading, you need to be good at it too. Uh, I can, you can probably easily argue that like you can introduce people to ideas um, that you know you're still getting a grasp of, but you know with that I would hope that you also understand that you shouldn't pretend that you're good at it unless if you actually are good at it. Um, <laughs> I don't know how obvious that is, but it's it's pretty obvious to me. Like I feel like I don't like teaching things unless if I actually know how to do things. Unlike a lot of these gurus that are popping up. Um, just because a lot more people are invested into the stock market now, so a lot of people have caught on to the early gains and think that they're like, you know, super good when they're just spouting off buzzwords. <laughs> but that's another that's another podcast episode. Um, anyway, I hope that gave a little bit of insight into introducing friends to Theta Gang and family to Theta Gang. In my in my entire history of teaching people Theta Gang strategies. Um, I would think zero actually uh, do theta gang type of strategies um, that I've met in real life. Uh, it's very rare for someone to you know go fully like all in on an idea that you introduce them to, and you know. But because of the internet, that there you can reach out to more people, which is why like you know Patreon is always like maxed out and why you know why there is a discord is because there are people in the world that are open to like your ideas or a idea that you also believe in uh it just has more reach so when when you reach out to friends and family you have a very small sample size compared to the internet uh and so don't feel discouraged that you know oh like why why does my friend not want to do this or why does my uh, you know, why does my mom not want to do this type of trading? You know, like I'm talking to all these positives. You know, some a lot of people just don't really care for what you have to say. Like, is, is that's just how it is. Some people aren't as passionate as you are in the stock market, or you know, some people don't care about skateboarding as much as you do, or orchids, or jujitsu, or all this stuff. It's just a part of life. So, introducing to the friends and family, especially. The ones that reach out to you, I think is going to be the most successful thing. And the only way that people will reach out to you is, you know, if you put yourself out there, log your trades or talk about stocks in a way that, you know, that other people can see a benefit of like interacting you with. Right. It's, it's, that sounds kind of sad. It sounds kind of sad. But, um, you know, if you prove what you do is working, there will be other people that are interested. Uh, and that's a good first step, too. to uh everyone for <laughs> this is what happens when the script's not up i don't know how to say that outro uh you can follow me on t there you go you can follow me on twitch at real theta gang 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RealThetaGang. Uh, you can email me at Juni at ThetaGang.com. ThetaGang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with the ThetaGang referral code is a huge, huge help. That's ThetaGang, one word, all caps. Uh, if you've already used the ThetaGang referral code, I do not get to uh, know your email. So I can't reach out to you saying, like, thanks for using this. Here, I, Here's your perks. You need to email me saying that you used it and then I'll cross-reference you on the list that I get on every 15th of the month and then I'll set you up with the perks uh, such as the cherry flare on the website and then access to my Twitter alerts for a month. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have used it. Um, I don't really want to make a Twitter post um, saying, you know, reach out to me just because I feel like that's going to cause a lot more people to use it. Uh, you know, you probably think like, wow, Junior, wouldn't you want that? Like, why don't you want to do that? And I just, I'd rather keep it on the, on the down low. I, I feel like it's less stressful that way. I, I don't, I'm not really keen on growth. I don't want to grow this faster than I can handle it. And I think it's at like the perfect level for where I want it right now. And maybe I'll start making it more of a, I don't know. It's just, it, it, uh, it definitely attracts you know, not the cor not the right type of person that, you know, I feel like I want to interact with, like, every day. Um, that, th this way, when it's at the end of the episode, and I know you got, got a chance to, like, listen to, you know, how I talk or how I interact, and, you know, just, like, the type of vibe that, you know, I give off. Like, I feel like that weeds a lot of people out. You know, you listen to a podcast, you don't like the way I talk, you're not going to use a referral code, I don't have to sign you up. Right, like it's, it's a simple. <laughs> I choked on my own spit. It's it's as simple as that sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, just doing something for the fun of it. I mean, again, one hundred percent. The money is really nice, but when you get to this level of like, you know, of in a project where you make a an okay decent income but also you don't care about growth that's when you have the most fun i mean i love working on the website i love streaming i love recording podcasts and i don't work for nobody for this project right i don't have anybody telling me like hey this isn't a good idea or hey you should do this or hey you you need your subscriber number to go up or you need to meet this quota like i don't got any of that which is part of the reason why I think, you know, I reached 100 episodes like I did today. So, you know, um, just a little bit of unsolicited advice here. If you're trying to start something on your own, um, it, you know, it, it pays off to do it on your own sometimes. Uh, if you're that type of person to be really motivated, uh, have a lot of cool ideas, but you're always wanting someone to do it with, uh, you gotta start doing it on your own. At least do it on your own in the beginning where you can really chalk up a good share of ownership. Um, granted, someone else wants to join you on something that you've already proved. Then it's, it's just a win-win. When you start off with an idea, uh, you don't have anyone else to blame but yourself. And I think that's one of the coolest things about option trading too, is because no one clicks on that button to buy and sell stock or option contracts for you. It's you. You have no one else to blame. And then going to like a project, if you, you know, get home from work or you know you work from home and you get off your computer and 
um, the idea that you have uh, hasn't been started, if you feel too tired that day, whose fault is that, right? Oh, look at Judy. He's he's giving off toxic uh, uh, working vibes. He thinks you should work around the clock. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that if you are, if you really, really care about this project, right, and it's it's a project that's supposed to be fun to you, that you'd find some time to do it. Uh, and I've always talked about discipline being like a really huge thing. I work on the website every day. That doesn't mean I spend hours every day, but it definitely means I go into the code, I look around, I might m write some pseudo comments, and that's like a minimum of like 10 minutes a day. And I'm definitely undercutting that because I think I'm a bit different when it comes to regular people that want to start ideas. Is that like I go all in because I understand that like, hey, I want to make this as cool as possible because this is a reflection of me and I, I just really like to do what I do. Some people might, might get together with some friends and be like, oh, you know, why don't we start a podcast where we talk about trading cards? And that's super cool. But then suddenly now you need, uh, you know, X amount of people to be available at one time. You need to be able to get to the same place at the same time. You need to be, all be in the mood to record at the same time. You also need to delegate someone to edit. You need someone to delegate to pay for the subscription service that you're using. You need to do all these things that at which like if you personally wanted to do a podcast and talk about trading cards, you can do literally everything and then have guest hosts where your friends could come on and stuff. And so that way you're not limited if your friends aren't interested as you are. And that's with anything. It doesn't have to be a podcast. It doesn't have to be about anything um, that I do. It's just like, if you want to do something on your own, that's okay. And you know, I'm definitely more in the middle now where I thought like before um, I lived with like uh, a bunch of people that like I totally thought this world was just about you know starting things on your own and finishing it on your own. Um, I'm more open to people helping, but my fundamental um, you know advice for starting something it has definitely stayed solid. I think you absolutely need friends in your life. I I absolutely think you need your family in your life, but when it comes to starting things, I still think that starting things on your own is the best. There's no gray area about ownership. There's no gray area about startup costs. There's no gray area about, oh, this was my idea. This was your idea. Like, just take the idea, run with it, invite people that you want to be part of your journey. If they don't want to make the time for it, then, you know, that's an obvious case that they're not going to say later, like, oh, you know, I helped you with this. What did you do? You said no to my invite to, like, come over. And it's like, you know. All that stuff. So, uh, yeah. Wow. That, that turned into entrepreneurship class 101. Except I didn't charge you $5,000 to meet at like a hotel and have you sit down and then eat like a bad deli sandwich with a bottle of water. <laughs> uh, this is all fun, man. Like, I, I feel... I feel very comfortable of like where I'm at um, in this stage of my life. Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy at the job that I'm currently at. My nine to five job, I mean. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's something just to talk about in general is, like, I'm open to, like, opportunities outside of my current 9 to 5. Um, I, I'm, like, really, really interested in fintech right now. So, like, as recruiters are coming up to me to, like, talk about opportunities, I'll typically ignore them. But if I see a fintech company, I'll, like, entertain the idea and I'll, like, ask what comp is and all that stuff. Um, and then looking at Theta Gang, uh, yeah, I mean, Theta Gang... Yeah, it would be awesome if I could like partner with like a broker and you know use their API or something to like log trades automatically or like you know give this off to like Barstool like something dude like eventually Thetagang can even I don't know it'll grow into its own thing like when it's like fully mature and I don't know where it's exactly gonna go um, but it is very very fun to just be in it. it it like coding the website gets really stressful sometimes finding the bugs and fixing the bugs is even more stressful like sometimes i'll just be like at a party or like at a hangout and then i see in my email that there's a bug report and i'm just like oh here we go i gotta fix a bug when i'm back at home i'm kind of buzzed <laughs> like i'm the type of person that needs to work on the thing when the thing happens and my girlfriend's like the exact opposite when when my girlfriend gets too many things on her plate she chooses to take a nap <laughs> i am the polar opposite if something comes up i need to do it right there and then i'll continue throughout my day um and you know you know taking that little bit of insight that's probably why i prefer to do things on my own and because I don't want to wait for someone else to do something when I can just do it right there, and I could do it right, right. Like that's the phrase. If you want to do it, your, you want it done right, you do it yourself. Uh, but you know, this isn't the this isn't the Juni lectures you with uh, infinite amount of sayings podcast. It's definitely the Thady Game podcast. <laughs> what else? I'm just in the I'm just in the, like a better mood in general. I mean, from the last like two weeks, last the last two weeks have been like really really rough, and getting a chance to unwind and you know after fixing that datagame.com website outage uh, and just reflect, giving myself a chance to reflect and talking to this mic by myself in my room is just super healthy. I think it's one of the best ways you can ever, you know do something for yourself is just taking a moment to reflect and i'm grateful that this is baked into a weekly process right like there's sure there are some episodes where i don't talk about things this in depth but the, the times that i do i feel like it's very healthy and i think a lot of people could benefit from something like this i think there's a i think there should be like pretty cool podcast ideas where you're just a regular person. I'm talking a regular person. Just you open up the mic and you just talk about your day and you talk about how you feel and you upload it. And you do that uh, every week for the rest of your life. People will listen to that because I'm sure that people listen to people that they can relate to and there's a good chance you have other people that will relate to your nine to five experience. If you are stressed out at your job, if you have family problems and all this, all this other things are going on. Um, I have, you know, a few select people 
that skip just all the way to the end of the podcast and just listen to this, which is insane beyond like, and it also beyond me. And I'm grateful that you, you know, care about my life <laughs> to that, to that extreme, or if that's even extreme, just listening to something and skipping forward. But, um, people are interested in a lot of things and you know, you listening, I'm talking to you right now. I'm in your ear or maybe not in your ear. <laughs> If you have you on a speakerphone or on your car radio or something. People are interested in all kinds of things. You owe it to yourself to try something new this year, right? We're just now bending the corner on, you know, everyone going out and having fun. And, you know, you don't want to look back, or you can if you want, but if, if you look back later in your years and you say, wow, I really had like an entire year of quarantine to do something new and I didn't take the opportunity because life just got in the way. Reflect right now and ask yourself like, is anything getting in your way right now? Have you tried something already? If not, then I think right now is a really good time. Uh, this is, I'm just a regular person. There's nothing about me that like makes me uh better than you or worse than you it's i'm just a regular person that got a little bit of luck uh that has a little bit of skill and something very particular uh that just ran with the idea there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a day where i have thousands of twitter followers or like uh you know uh, hundreds of emails coming in and people are gonna always ask like oh how did you start this or how did you do this I'm just a regular person that does something on a weekly cadence. You can do that too. And I'm I'm not even mature yet in both both metaphorically and just <laughs> whatever the other thing is. I'm not mature. The platform's not as mature as it could be. There's definitely a lot of growing pains still that need to happen and I hope that like, you know, if you start something, you have someone me, right? You have me to um, just be that little motivation uh, motivation placeholder. Because, uh, I mean, you're just going to know that, like, okay, Junie's going to have a podcast episode next week where he talks about the thing that he's working on. So it'd be cool to maybe, like, oh, you talk about what, you know, what you're working on at the same time or just hold yourself accountable to, you know, um, whatever you might want to do. It's like, oh, you want to record a 30-minute podcast? Do it Do it the Sunday that Junie records his podcast. Or if you want to uh, start a Shopify website where you sell some drop-shipped item, uh, look up what drop-shipping item you want or look up what margins are or look up um, just how exactly people drop-ship or just do some, watch a video or something right you can do something all the time and the internet is super cool and um you can definitely do things in parallel now um yeah wow this this section of the podcast is almost too long now so i'm going to stop talking because i feel like Junie drinking coffee and an open mic is incredibly dangerous which is exactly what's happening right now and which is why i'm talking so much um, but I hope, I hope that if you are listening and if you're going through a tough time that even during when times are tough, you can be positive. 
I'm not saying that you discount everything that's going on, but I promise that as long as you are breathing, especially if you're able to have the motivation to pick up this podcast and press the play button, you're going to make it. You're going to be okay. And, you know, if you want people to hang out with, if you want, like, a nice vibe, you can come and, you know, just chill and hang out at twitch.tv slash realthetagang. Um, but, yeah, there is always, always something to be positive about. And I'll see everybody next week.